Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, alongside my other host, Lance. Every episode is brought to you by The Anime Show. Make sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram for all that awesome anime content that they post on there. For every episode, we have an adult beverage of choice. Lance, what are you drinking today? Today, I am going to be drinking some Jefferson's Reserve. Kentucky. Really old. <laughs> For some reason, it says very old Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, very small batch. It's good. I like it a lot. We've had this in the past before, but it's yep. it just for whatever reason, very old has got its own <laughs> stupid title, like sentence. Well, it's, it's good. I really like it. And I've got a Lining Kugel Summer Shandy to go along with that. And what about you? So for me, I am drinking that Driftless Glen. And I am also drinking a Spotted Cow because I haven't had one in a while. Also, that, you're also drinking? I'm drinking a New Glarus. Sorry. I'm well, drinking a Lion and Kugel. Did I say New Glarus? I don't think so. But I am also, you know, because I have my, my whiskey. And also... Oh, okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> and that form also can work. Yes. And then for any of our previous listeners, we have our Japanese snack box. And it looks like some pretzel crackers with some chocolate so tuka tuki pero stick is what it looks like and in the english translation literally says chocolate crackers okay so just to kind of continue on with our snacks man these feel weird they they have like a, a greasy texture to them i'm loving just the beginning of this um well, besides the stick leaving, like, just a pound of grease on my fingers, uh, it's not too bad. It just tastes like a... Holy shit, you're right. This is <laughs> such a weird-ass texture. All right, so for everybody... Oh, that's not... I thought that chocolate was going to go as deep as these sticks went. Okay, so... <laughs> God damn. For anybody that has ever gotten cheese and cracker sticks when they were younger, where you, had, you got a stick of cracker and then you dipped it into that shitty cheese on the side... That's essentially what's going on here, but instead of cheese, it's chocolate. So these sticks and chocolate. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's not bad, but we will not make people listen to us eat for <laughs> an entire episode. So don't worry about that. It's it's not bad. It's uh, This is probably the best snack we've had as yeah. far as like in a container, just snack. Yeah, and it's not like sugar. Boom. Yeah. But besides the pound of grease that are on my fingers, this yeah, isn't bad. Yeah, that's super weird. I've never seen such greasy crackers. Like, I can't rub the grease off my <laughs> pants either. So, I guess I'm just going to leave evidence that I was drinking whiskey in my house. So, yeah, just, just fingerprints, fingerprints everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> but oh well. So, not bad. I, I enjoyed it. I would actually eat that again. Yeah, I'll definitely. This is definitely a good snack. Yeah, I don't have a good transition for that. I was going to say, speaking of good snacks, this was a great, great show. <laughs> but... Lame joke. <laughs> no, it was close enough. That, that was the best transition I got. Lance, can you just give us a synopsis for the show? Yep. So we are covering Sword Art Online Alicization. This is going to be the first half of the Alicization series. And we follow Kirito and Asuna. They are attacked by the Laughing Coffin in the beginning of the series. And that Laughing Coffin guy ends up putting Kirito basically into a coma. The only way for him to come back to reality is to send him into a new virtual reality that they call the underground. Time is accelerated dramatically in this underworld where 
A few hours in real time can equate to a few months in the virtual world. Kirito is placed in the virtual world so that his body can recover through experimental procedures by the company Wrath, who runs the underground simulation. In his time underground, Kirito makes friends with Yu-Gi-Oh and works towards becoming a integrity knight to save their old friend Alice. Through their adventures, Kirito comes to learn the truth of this world and tries to save everyone from its ruler. And that's what I got. <laughs> I didn't want to give too much away. Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly understandable. One thing I will say is this is what I thought SAO was going to be. Like from start to finish, you had your drama. You didn't give Kirito just OP powers out of nowhere for no reason. You had a really phenomenal story. You had a reason for everything happening. Like I said, this is what I thought SAO was going to be. I loved season one of SAO. Season two was okay. But this is everything I wanted out of SAO. The characters were really good. They were relatable. Uh, I thought the MMORPG style of this show was really good. Um, it wasn't super obvious how you leveled up. And it, it was just a very, very good story that we only got half of. <laughs> 24 episodes in we're only halfway through the entire you know under or alicization arc like i was saying yep and what you were saying i couldn't say better uh it's exactly how i feel too yeah i've been telling people you gotta watch this it's so good it's not i don't want to say gun gale online was a letdown but it kind of was a letdown like Co I, I just didn't yeah i didn't like it as much right season first half of season one was so goddamn good and then the second half was kind of a step down and then gun gale was yet another kind of a step down yep you know we go from all this awesome sword action to guns on a personal level i i'm not one of those run and gun Video game players, I like the battle sequences and like combos and weapons like that. Shooting games aren't exactly what I lean towards, so maybe you're not a you're not a Call of Duty guy. Is exactly, what you're that's basically that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it doesn't you know tickle my fancy, so I didn't care for it too much. It was fine. I enjoyed or you know Sword Art Online two. It was good, but Alicization totally brought me way back into the SO SAO world. Yeah, like I said. It was everything I wanted SAO to be. The characters were good. The characters were unique and just couldn't get enough of it. I loved the Integrity Knights. I enjoyed that all their weapons had essentially two stages to them and they all had some sort of meaning behind them. So then that meaning gave them more power, which for an MMO game makes complete sense. You got all these different weapons. It was so well done. I really enjoyed it. The pacing was good. You had your typical SAO moments when it came to the two girls. Uh, apparently, SAO just can't get away from those instances. But as a whole, I thought this was phenomenal. What about you? Yeah, I am so happy that we started this. And I was one of those people that was like, so whatever after season two. Yep. That it took me until now to finally watch it. And this has been out for a while now. And yeah, so... Yeah. Don't sleep on this like I slept on it because of what you felt in the past. Alicization is what everybody needed once again. And the nice thing is, if you watch SAO 1, Season 1, and then skip to, they essentially in the beginning explain the important parts of what's happening to Kirito so that you could, if you skipped Gun Gale, you, you're not missing anything right. in all actuality. Right. Like, uh, oh shit, what's her name? C Sinon? Sinon. 
Sinon might be an interesting character that you might not recognize, obviously, but yeah, there's going to be some, be- there's going to be some stuff in the beginning because all the girls are in this area and you're like, what's going on here? But besides that, there's, yeah, you can totally just be confused for a little bit. It really doesn't make too big of a difference as far as this first half of Alicization goes. Before we really get too far into this, Lance, can you give us that Lance's lesson? Today's Lance's Lessons is going to be the Japanese word for blue, and that is ao, spelt A-O. Put that together, <laughs> ao, like you just stub your toe, ao. <laughs> blue, ao, is very relevant to today's episode because Yu-Gi-Oh! has the blue rose, and you hear him say that all the time, so that's why ao is important. Yeah, and that's one of those nice things, because you know, if your favorite color is blue, now you know how to say it in Japanese, so... Yeah, and then maybe every time you accidentally stub your toe on the counter and you're like ow oh i'm blue oh okay <laughs> blue 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 <laughs> it's not ow it's ao just remember that it's just kind of pronounced that way awesome awesome thank you right and something that we're going to be doing a little bit different in this episode and maybe moving forward is we are going to put some mats manga mentions in the beginning of the episode so we have a little bit more content to talk about in the event that the manga is really worth you know talk, going more into detail with so, without further ado, let's get into some Matt's manga mentions. Yes, and I'm hoping we can have some good conversations off of this. One thing for anybody that is listening, the biggest thing I want anybody to take away from as far as the manga is concerned is that SAO is based off of light novels. The manga does not do the anime justice. And if you truly want to know big, big differences, you're going to want to read the light novel. I feel like everybody says that about SAO and I'm going to agree with them because the manga was 30 chapters. It was five books. Okay. So very short. Uh, And yeah, uh, I am going to also do something different as well. And I'm not actually going to talk about the differences I am only going to talk about the extra information that I pulled from the manga that we missed out in the anime. So if it's a difference that's kind of subjective, it's just going to be added information that we didn't get in the manga. Uh, You find out how Integrity Knights are selected, or at least what they believe how Integrity Knights are selected. Uh, We can go into that a little bit later. But they compete in a sword competition for basically the region. And then if you do well, you get recognized by the palace guard. You work as a palace guard for a little while. And then you take the integrity night exam. So that is how Kirito and Yu-Gi-Oh got into that school. So that academy is two years. Oh, so that was legit yep. way to get into the integrity night. Yep. Okay. Because I was under the impression that integrity nights were only like, you know, the sinners or the guys that broke the law and got brought in and then got brainwashed and then whatever. Yeah, I'm. I mean, let's kind of talk about that now. How did you? Is that how you thought Integrity Knights were selected? Is basically they were chosen based off of strong-willed individuals that had broken the law? Yes, that's where I was getting a little bit split from. Like, I've consumed this this half of the Alicization a couple times, and I don't remember any time being 
explain point blank, but it was very clear that Kirito and Yujio were going to that school to become integrity knights. Yes. So that much was clear. So that that is what I would imagine would be uh, enough to be said that like, yeah, you can voluntarily become an integrity knight, which is also kind of weird because everybody knows the lore that integrity knights are brought down from the heavens, mm. and then there's you know they're summoned. They're always summoned. Well, that but that's what they believed. That's what the integrity knights believed. I don't think anybody else believed that. I, I think it is. I think I'm pretty sure it was just common knowledge with everybody. So. At least for the most part, um, I only maybe you can. Maybe there was a, a be, batch that could have been, you know, heavenly, you know, spawned, or you can work your way up to being one as well. So maybe there could have been two different paths. So what I thought was that the Integrity Knights basically brought justice upon the Axiom Church. That not that they were summoned by the Axiom Church, if that makes sense. So essentially, they were the highest people awarded by the Axiom Church as knights are concerned so mm-hmm. it's essentially a rank within the church and that's what i thought it was not that they were selected by the heavens as they were believed and we were told by all of the integrity knights right well that's why i was getting confused because all of the integrity knights that's what they believe yes that they were summoned yes and then because if that's what they believe that's what all the commoners should believe as well so that there's no but they know, never really talked to anybody right but it Information is still spread, much like the taboo index. Valid. It, it's really confusing. They don't it talk is. about it. It nothing's point blank explained, and leaves a little bit of cushion room to why Kirito and Yujio think that they can just become these integrity knights themselves. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe what happens ultimately is that they do. Maybe if people do get high enough ranks, that they do get into the into the church, and then they get brainwashed, and then the rest of society just thinks that they're members of the church, you know, serving under, but they're not officially a guard or a, a knight or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something that I wish that I would ex- imagine slash hope that the light novel would explain. Yeah, I, it's got to. Hopefully. Yeah. So for me, I. Th- think based off of what's a little bit of information that I have, I think they you can be awarded the rank of an integrity knight, but once you become an integrity knight, your memory is brainwashed. Right. So the common people, including the nobles, believe that it's something that you can work towards, but then as an integrity knight, you believe that you're chosen by the heavens. Mm-hmm. By yeah, by Stacia. That's what her name is. Stacia. That's yes. the like the sun. Yeah, the she is the bringer of yeah i i just don't want a differentiation differentiation between as soon as a knight is summoned that they somehow remember that they had a life before because on, obviously none of them remember anything yes and then we learn like we learned with uh so what this is number one where he is in his 40s and above and he has no memory prior but you have to remember that um i think it was eldria was he the first one that LGA they fought one. synthesis one yeah there it is was that LGA. no so Eldria was one, but then who was uh, seven? He was the one that they fought the first time going up. No, uh, Eldria was Bu- the one. Ber- Bercoli is one. Is one. I want to say Eldria is. I think Eldria was seven. Eldria was thirty-one. So he was the guy that they fought. Ah, oh, messing up everything outside of the central cathedral 
It was... Deus Albert. Albert. Okay. Was number seven. He was the one that changed from white to red. Yes. Okay. So he, remember, he was the one... He wasn't the very first guy. He was the one that they fought inside the cathedral going up. Yeah, after they got their swords back. After they got their swords back. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. He was the one that took Alice away, but he didn't mm. remember. He was yes. already an integrity knight. So nothing says that they can't get their mind erased even after they're already an integrity knight. Right, right. And uh, the Pontifex, you know, she yes. explains that like two or three times that she can just re- do whatever she wants. Yeah, she can rewipe them. So it's that's why I believe that even they basically they can believe whatever they want because she's just going to keep erasing the integrity knight's brains. So it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just a little bit of a squishy room that I wish would just be <laughs> fully exposed. Yes. Then so after they're in the academy, they compete in a military arts competition. So the thing that Kirito's mentor won. Yep. They do that. Uh, you have to win. So whoever wins is allowed to advance. And then they go to the four empire unity tournaments and or Excuse me. So they compete in the military arts competition. They need to win. I'm assuming it's probably like top noble and then whoever wins if it's not the top noble, kind of like in the instance that we saw. And then you go to the four empire unity tournament and only the winner of that tournament is allowed to basically advance in order to become an integrity knight. Okay, so this was extra information yep. in your manga. Yep. So what so Kirito and Yujio were doing extra They were in the process of going through. They were in the uh two year academy. Okay. Yeah, so, this rings a bell because isn't this where Tise was saying like, hey, if you win this thing, you can become a noble and then we can get married. Yep. Okay. And then Kirito's mentor won. So she would have moved up and tried working her way towards becoming an integrity night but it's a process so it just wouldn't have happened because Eldria I think won the tournament like the year prior or something like that and then he mm-hmm. became an integrity knight yeah I think he's only been a, a knight for like a year yeah so it's just uh it's a process right and Eldria was synthesis 31 the yep. one with the snake whip yep just so our listeners can have a visual uh after that we find out that the axe that Yu-Gi-Oh was using was made from dragon bone mm-hmm. uh, so they do talk about that I must have missed it in the yeah they Kirito asked if there's anything stronger than this axe and he said no that they asked the capital and dragon bone was sent over it's the strongest oh okay okay equipment that they have it minor detail i missed not surprising um it took five days for Yu-Gi-Oh and kirito to cut down the tree with the sword okay sounds about right um basically they trained every day for a week getting it because they were training in between and they were using this tree as their basically their object they were hitting while they were training and this is after the uh goblins yep okay yeah because i was trying to think back to it like yujio in the anime i'm pretty sure he didn't even kill a single goblin but yet he was still able to hold the he killed the, the main goblin he killed the goblin lord i suppose he did get the final strike in yes so i guess 
I have more details about that. That's the experience boost. I was just wondering because, like, I know they're commoners and they're not killing stuff. And as you find later in the series, that hunting and whatnot is forbidden, which would allow your level to start, you know, going up if you started killing stuff. Yep. So I can see, you know, that all gets explained. So them killing some goblins are going to spike their level so that you were able to hold the sword. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So after Yu-Gi-Oh uh, announces what his new calling is going to be, the other guy. The basically the bully with the sword challenges Yu-Gi-Oh to a, a duel and Yu-Gi-Oh beats him for the right to go to the central cathedral. So oh, interesting. Um, not really anything super no, it, important, it, but it's it's fun enough detail because it's like, yeah, how do you go from being like this lowly woodcutter yep. to now you feel like you can just wield a sword and go Well, that's all thanks to Kirito, but right, yes, right. yes, yes. I do have a little bit of another gripe I want to tell. Okay. Tap into that. Okay, so somewhere in my notes, I wrote down that Yu-Gi-Oh's calling was like a woodcutter or a tree cutter or something along those lines. Like it yes. was, it was broad. It was, it yes. wasn't specific. It was broad. So to an extent, yes. He cuts down this one single tree, and all of a sudden, his entire calling is therefore f- fulfilled, and now he can just make a new one. But his his calling was just that's this my only great. It, <laughs> it was such a broad title. He does one tree. I mean, obviously, it's a big achievement. Yep, it but, is a big ass tree. But but still, uh, that's just where I wanted to go with that. So one thing is that you have to remember they spent three hundred years trying to cut down this tree. Right. So if your calling is hey whack at this tree for your life, mm-hmm. it's just implied that it's to cut down that tree. Right. That would have to be the second part of it. It, it would have to be an implication, not yes, not so broad where trees there other trees would then come after the gigas. Yeah. His his title isn't lumberjack. It's just tree cutter yeah so, something along those lines yeah yeah you know, it, it and it could be the uh gigas cedar which is only that one tree Mm-hmm. So we do find out that that tree was never meant to get cut down. It was supposed to be essentially a barrier for the area. Really? Made by Quinella. Interesting. Okay. So just, um, yeah, that's why its life was so high. It was just never meant to get cut down. Okay. Because they knew that essentially there was a lifespan for the underground. And it would have taken longer than what they had as far as the lifespan was to cut down the tree. Right. The daggers that the Kirito and Yu-Gi-Oh used were made out of Cardinal's hair. So she had braids that she spent 200 years growing and that's what she made the daggers out of. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because Yu-Gi-Oh, in the anime at least, made a point in saying they didn't work because they were made out of steel. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> it just... That's what she said. She's yep. like, oh, you just missed it. I just had to cut my hair to make these daggers for you guys. If you would have came earlier, you would have seen me with my braids that I had been working on for 200 years. Interesting. So, yes. Well, now I know. <laughs> well, now I wonder what uh, Light Novel had to have said about that to set this record straight. Or we could be wrong on both counts. I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> this is what we're consuming. So, valid. it's not like we're wrong. And the last piece of information I have is about the Blue Rose Sword. Okay. So uh, the Blue Rose Sword was made from eternal ice that fed the rose 
by melting itself in order to feed this seed. And it turned into this most beautiful rose. They communicated with each other. The rose was like, it's going to be winter soon. I'm going to die. And so the eternal ice essentially didn't want that to happen. So it encased it, encased the rose in eternal ice so that it could have this beauty forever. And then they used that rose and that ice in order to make the blue rose sword. The owl. Yes. Rose sword. Yes, the owl. <laughs> the owl uh, sword. That is correct. Okay, that's interesting. That's a little bit more information than the anime gave. Really, the only thing that the anime said was is just a rose that sat <laughs> in a very cold place for the longest time. Yep, that's really all. Let's do it. And that's all I got. Not, not a whole lot. Read the light novel. That's all I can say. Read the light novel. Because there's... I don't want to say there was a bunch of differences because... I don't, I don't know. There might have been. Uh, for anybody that has read the light novels, please let us know. I'd love to hear it. Yes, please leave a comment, several comments, long comments, whatever it takes. Just let us know your thoughts on the differences. That would be awesome. Yes. Um, before we get too far, you said that this covered 30 chapters. Where exactly did your manga leave off and as far as the alicization goes? All of it. Oh, that it was, did? That it was did. all 24 episodes. Oh, it did cover it. Okay. So that's why I'm saying don't don't bother. Just, just read the light novel because <laughs> 30 chapters should not cover 24 episodes. Yeah, right. That's, that's pretty quick. And it's not like every episode or every chapter was like 100 pages. It was 20 to 50 pages. Pages. Well, okay. So not nothing crazy. Well, still, that's that's pretty quick for one of them. It doesn't matter because ultimately everybody knows that the light novel is the true source. So yes, yes, please, please just read the light novel. <laughs> All right, so that is going to mix up what the difference between our old format and this new format is going to be. Is putting the manga mentions first so that we have a little bit more content to talk about now and if we just so happen to want to sprinkle some in the future. Yes. So, like we also like to talk about, favorite characters. Who stood out to you the most? Who stood out to me the most? Oh, man, it, it'd be too easy to say Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yeah. I was gonna say I was I was contemplating this the past week or two and like oh, I think it's gonna be Yu-Gi-Oh. I wanna say someone else, but it's it's definitely Yu-Gi-Oh. The entire show is about Yu-Gi-Oh and Kirito. Yep. Like, sure, you can like Alice, but you get like six episodes of Alice. Yeah, you don't get much out of her. So to claim her as a favorite character, you know, she's your typical robot character whose mind slated, you know, who is whose mind got erased and she's talking super formal about everything. So, you know, that trope is going on there. So she's strong. She's very interesting in that kind of aspect. But you can tell she'll be good in the next yeah, exactly. season. But in this first portion, no, you, I don't think it'd be fair to say that otherwise. Unless there was very specific things you can pull from it. Because what if somebody's favorite character was Bricoli or Deus Albert or uh, Fanatio Synthesis 2, the yep. woman in the bucket head? Because there could have been an emotional aspect to those things. Like I can see maybe if some girl felt... Yeah, you, you related to her because, yeah. you know, you just kind of... You were in an all-male profession and you kind of just wanted to hide yourself a little bit because you didn't want to get looked out upon exactly yeah that i'm not saying these characters aren't relatable these the characters aren't good it's just it's hard to really get attached to another character when you only get them for like an episode or two exactly yeah so that's why we focus so clearly on kirito and yujio um there's not too much outside of that I'm going to go with Kirito. You're going to go with him? I'm just going to go with Kirito because he's my favorite throughout the series. Uh-huh. So he, there's nothing wrong with him in this series. So uh, it, it's cool. I like in the beginning that he's 
essentially working with Wrath because he wants to figure out what the future of MMORPGs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this calling. He's talking about wanting to go to America because they're far and away beyond what's going on in Japan. And he's like, come with me, Asuna. So I like that, you know, he's not just thinking about himself. He's thinking about Asuna. Um, and just, I, I enjoyed it as a whole. I liked Kirito as a character. So I'm just going to go with Kirito. No, that's fair. Because the beginning was really fun. Yep. Because he had a lot of opportunity to do random stuff. Yep. And he found himself in this situation. He kind of found himself in a shitty situation after he got put <laughs> into that coma or whatever. Yes. So things might have gone differently. Might have. Because now I kind of wonder if this was all planned. No. I don't think it was planned. No? No. I mean, because he was already working with Wrath in the beginning. But they would have gotten all that anyway. That's Okay, that's a good point. Because he was with Alice. And the goal was to get Alice after the fact. So okay. what, it, it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything, right? The only difference here is, one, Kirito's... In a coma so he can be in there long term. And two, when he was going into the underground at first, all his memories were getting wiped. Yeah, and but that... now he's diving in no problem. Or not 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 now, but after the coma he was able to dive in with his memories. I don't know, it's weird kind of <laughs> that one didn't get fully explained other than anime logic, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't think too far into it. I do have a question though. What happened to his body when he was out? Like did he just disappear for a few days? Like when he got that when uh, he would come stabbed? out so he wouldn't go between being within the underground or being in the real world. What happened to his body in the underground when he was in the real world? Did oh, he just he not tester? exist? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's very strange because... It's not like it would be a one-for-one, like, oh, I'm just going for a half a day and then I'll come back in. It, it's significant time. Significant. Yeah, because Yujio, Kirito, and Alice were all born on the same day. So if this is a part-time job for Kirito in the real world, and he's going in maybe once a day, which is like... A few hours every day after school. Right. And then, you know, that could be a split between, you know, 12, 16 hours in between dives. And well, I think it's like 300% sped up. So we're talking, except, yeah. I think it was, two and a half years and it only been like a week right yeah so the the time difference between the two worlds are so extreme so yeah it, it would there's too much cushion there that's not <laughs> fully explained or fully thought about or thought through whether you know when kirito is diving in and then coming back to reality i'll be completely honest it doesn't matter no it doesn't uh it, it's just a an interesting thought process that's like what does yugio and everybody in the village think when kirito is just gone for a month i'm sure it goes on some some kind of autopilot. That's what yeah. I. He, that's the only thing I can say. Something that would make sense, though. I like that idea. Until he comes back full time. Yes, he has to exist within the world, or things get weird. Right. So, it, which <laughs> I mean, that does kind of remind me of Tokyo Revengers, where when he goes into the future and then his old self comes, and they're completely different personalities. Yep. And it's like, oh look, we got the we got the adults um, Takamichi versus the young Takamichi because they do make they do um, the guy he tells. From the Tokyo Manji gang. I'm drawing a blank. But he does tell one of the guys. And he's like, oh yeah, I can tell the difference between when you're you're the older you and the younger you. Right, right. So it's just, uh, I can't imagine it being that drastic. Because we're not talking years different. Well, technically. I mean, we could be. I mean, it's valid. It, it could be completely different. Okay, if, I wanted, you know? if we want to jump ahead. <laughs> I, I watched a couple episodes of the next season. And there's one specific portion where someone said, I fell asleep for eight hours.
hours and one year has gone and gone on. So eight hours can basically equate to one year. Yeah, that math doesn't work, but it, it doesn't matter. None of this math works because they keep <laughs> jumping back and forth on so many things. I do think I remember in this first half them saying we've accelerated time by 300%. Yes. And still things don't necessarily add up all the time. No, no. I, we're just going down a rabbit hole. That means absolutely nothing. It, just I mean, all, funny stipulations. Maybe maybe I, for their sake, we can be like, when Kirito is here, when he was diving, we accelerated by 300%. And when he was living his life in the real world, we decreased it back to times one normal time or even paused it. I don't know. None of that would make sense. Right. I feel like they just leave it at 300%. Yeah, he, because generations have gone by since Wrath had started. So yeah. seven generations, I think they said. But still, it's just soulless Kirito walking around, having a good old time with UGO cutting down some wood. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to try and realistic logic this. It, there is nothing. Just an interesting thought. Like, yeah. oh, I wonder what happens to Kirito's soulless body as he's uh, in the underground. Yeah, I did wonder that my first watch through. Or do they make a copy of his soul and let him be himself in the underground and then shut off that copy and like the real Kirito get into it? And that's why I said autopilot that, but I, it's, it is autopilot, but it's still Kirito beating Kirito. Right. So it's a, it's a real autopilot, not like just him kind of, Oh, UGO is going here. I need to follow UGO is going here. I need to follow kind of stuff. I mean, they were trying to make this world into the most realistic thing as possible. Yes. So I can see that like these NPCs were not traditional NPCs. Correct. So even the MP, even the NPC, as Cardinal called it, didn't act like an NPC. Charlotte, the little spider. Yeah, the spider. Yeah. yeah. That's. I want. I want to complain about that Such fighting a... scene at the very end with Charlotte <laughs> fighting the. 30 31 the golem sorts. the golem yeah did not like that no no why not because a tiny little spider trans she no it transformed it was a big spider it tra- that's what i'm saying it transformed that's what i was gonna say sorry <laughs> it transformed into a giant spider yep and then immediately dies yeah and then took a hit and then just dies like it, it didn't do shit well it is a passive <laughs> spider so <laughs> it, it, it's not meant to it, yeah it got its arms chopped off and was like oh yeah no i i don't do this that's right uh, two hundred <laughs> years that spider has been alive. It said. Well, that's that's not anymore. Yeah, made it two hundred years. That's yeah. it. I mean, good job, NPC. <laughs> it, it was supposed to be an emotional death. That's all that was. Yeah, that's. I think it was also supposed to add on to the you know everybody's trying to save Kirito kind of thing. For, just yeah, one more it was thing. just another obstacle to throw in there and help him out. Yes, but let's kind of. So I want to. Go back to more of the beginning of the season. It's, I liked the explanation of everything. Um, I like how, you know, they, you see all these characters. Um, then you basically get nobles being nobles. Seems like every time you have nobles, you get the douchebag nobles that only think about themselves. I did enjoy the fact that they said that the noble law takes precedent over school law, which is just under the taboo index and they can, manipulate the taboo index to essentially do whatever they wanted. Right, because... If the wording wasn't super specific, then they can start altering it. Yes. I, I thought that was a very uh, slimy way to get through life because that's essentially what... It's realistic. Know, it's it, true. It is realistic. That's what the law does today. Like, if the law doesn't specific... If, if you don't disturb what the law says by the word, then you technically can get away with anything you want. To an extent, yeah. To an extent. I mean, as long as you have, you know... Like, look at corporate fighter. loopholes. Exactly. You, you've got all these things where it's like, oh, well, I did 
four of these five things. So technically I'm okay. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not how that works. Right. Normal people are like, no, that's not how that works. And you got this one person that's like, well, actually it's okay. And that's basically how the nobles thought. Mm-hmm. And Kedita thought like a normal person where I was like, I understand that's not what it said, but it's meaning behind what it said was actually this, not you can't just do whatever you want to some girls because they said some mean things to you. Right. It, it, what it really comes down to is morality versus law versus the letter of the law. Yes. More specifically, I guess, because yeah, it's, get it is starts diving into gray area when you want to get super specific. And that's just, that's when the shit's just not fair. Until you kill a noble and then it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Justice is served, but then, you know, you broke the taboo, so justice isn't served. Yes. What do you think of um, that moment where he's just kind of glitching out? Did you see that coming? No. No, not at all. When... I, I don't care about fir- his name. Yeah, first seat, whatever. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was the first... The first seat was the, the, the noble with the long hair that got both of his arms chopped off. He was yes. the first seat. When he glitched out, did not see the coming at all. And then when he did start glitching out, I thought that there... Not only was there a glitch in himself, yep. but because things you thought were that out was of a- order, like the whole entire underground was going to start glitching to some degree. You, okay, so you thought it was like a glitch in the Matrix kind of thing. Basically. Basically, like it was going to be like some kind of domino effect. Makes sense. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't see that coming, but I also didn't see the glitching coming the first time I had saw, right. seen it either. Yeah, and that was that was the one and only like true legit glitch in the first season, wasn't it? Yes, but it was because he couldn't wrap his mind around what was happening. Right. Yeah, because there's there's been multiple occasions where they were trying to go against Code 781 or whatever it was called, and those weren't glitches. No. He was the only one. Okay, sorry. I'm putting too, I'm trying to put too much together. Yeah, it, so what you're thinking of is the going against the Taboo Index and what the first seat was doing glitching out was just he couldn't wrap his head around the situation that was happening because of essentially his status and everything else sure that i know we had talked about favorite characters but do you did you have a favorite uh integrity night yeah um <sighs> this one is a little hard because you kind of want to say bercoli synthesis one okay because he's supposed to be the strongest i mean you don't have to yeah i know I, I feel a little you know split between that or even you can say alice 30 but i don't know i didn't feel too connected to anybody in this first half maybe i want to say deus elbert because i don't know he just kind of had this badass firebow deal going on and he had a lot of honor behind his battle and when he lost his fight you know he had his traditional samurai like i lost this fight kind of deal and like you go ahead kill me because as soon as the uppers find out about my loss they're gonna kill me anyway kind of thing so go ahead claim your victory i don't know like he was he's cool no that make that does make complete sense yeah I don't know what I like more, his white color or his red color. We didn't get to see much of his white because that was so early on the season and it was literally just to kill that dark integrity knight and to take Alice and go away. And then we see him again in this red suit. I don't know. Red red kind of suits him. Yeah. Yeah. It's more menacing. Yeah. What about you? What are, what are you thinking on uh, these synthesis integrity knights? I will say as far as a moveset was concerned, I liked Eldrie's the best. With the snake whip? Not Eldrave. Uh, I like Bercoli's, uh his move the best. I thought that was like being able to cut through time. 
yeah, that, was really cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, I really enjoyed Alice's, just her uniform and her sword, I thought was super cool. You did get to see the most of her, so that was... That's true. I mean, you have to see the most of her, but you get to see the most of her sword. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you thought of this, but when you first saw Alice use her sword, were Bankai <laughs> coming into your head? Like, were you thinking of Byakuya's Senbon Zakura Kagiyoshi? Yes. No, but that was also because Bleach had been like eight years, five, six years since I'd watched Bleach. Yeah. So, it's been so long we got to you have seen bleach recently so right, that, right. that's that's yeah, i saw yeah uh, thousand year blood war fresh in my mind watched yeah. core one and then we saw this so yes it was fresh <laughs> in my mind for sure but as soon as i saw her blade scatter into those tiny petals and she explained that each petal can uh cut through stone or whatever but this still just the animation of that sword just made me think of Byakuya. yes it really does now that i think about it it 100 does and even before that happened, all I can think of is every time they released um, all of their movesets, all of their, uh, oh, I'm running a blank on what they're called, the, the released recollection, recollection, the first memory. All I can think of is Bankai. Every time they use a move, <laughs> Bankai, and then boom, a big move happened. I can or, see it. Or was recollection the second one? Release armament was first, release recollection was second. Yeah. Like, I think that's how yeah. that worked out. Yeah. But yeah, Bankai, I can, I could not get that out of my head. So I was... I maybe was combining them too too often. Maybe that's where they got it from. Could have been. Fair. I will say hers is... You know what? I'm just going to go with Bercoli because I loved his um, time-splitting sword. It was it was pretty sweet. That delayed attack reaction. I loved his demeanor, too. He's just kind of, like, yeah, super go-lucky, just... Uh, Whatever. He's a yeah. badass and he knows it. Yeah. He's like, I'm the original Integrity Knight. I've been around. I've been doing this for longer than you've even been thought of. And this is nothing. Right. He explains how everybody who sees my attack automatically switches to long ranged attacks, which now is getting me to think like, what if someone was able to outspeed him? Because like he can make a slash move and then that time difference is still going to happen at a time in the future. I don't know if he necessarily has that time like where he can control control that time i'm sure he can control the time to a degree but like if he miscalculates that time i guess that's kind of where i'm going at like if you're faster than he expects his time slash isn't going to be as effective yeah no that that would make sense it'll be interesting if we get to see him again or not mm-hmm. now that the whatchamacallit is dead uh quinella is dead pontifex yes because obviously we need the integrity knights in order to save the underground yep so i wonder if they'll because they do have some sort of time reversal art, so you could do some healing. So I can only imagine, essentially, that decay- the freezing of Bercoli can get reversed as well. Oh, yeah. I 100% see him getting... Well, did they also say, like, if they were to kill that little fucking clown, it would release that spell anyway? Oh, they, yeah. They yeah, did yeah. make some kind yeah. of mention of that. We, uh, Alice said, I'll either convince him to release him, or we'll just have to kill him, and then I'll do it too. Oh, so, yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's super anticlimactic when it came to uh, the Pontifex getting burned up by the um, 
I hated that so much. Because, <laughs> like, she got both of her arms chopped off, and yep. she was getting... She's I'm using her th- hair to type. to type in. But I wanted to say some kind of, like, alien abduction kind of thing. Like, she's on her way to the real world, essentially. Somehow. Like, why couldn't you, yeah. Geo, do that? Yeah, just or anybody just in general. <laughs> well... And nothing, nothing in the real world is necessarily available. Like, I know that robot... Ichiman was, I assume Ichiman and Niman, whatever, they were going to be the, the the molds for the people to come and they're like, no. Alice is going to take over. No, because they're not fluid enough. Right. That, I think, I thought that those were going to be like the, the prototypes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's, I don't remember what it is. Anyway, what I imagined was they're working to create a robot for people, Alice. for Alice more more specifically to for someone from the underworld to overtake to overtake these robot bodies yep. but their minds are still intact whatever i don't know just this is also futuristic stuff all, not, I'm not going to go there sorry all i'm going to say is that thing that the pontifex and kirito were using does get explained in season 2 okay or in part 2 okay and I, yeah, I would like to imagine they explain what it is. So like uh, that that interface where they can yeah. communicate between worlds. Yeah, yeah okay. they explain what that is. Okay, I thought that was just going to be like a central like like if you press the start button in the video game and that's how you can communicate. I thought that was just like, like the central area. Basically, okay. uh, it's it's like a terminal for between the game and um the real world right they don't explain what the pontifex is doing it makes no sense it's just a dramatic <laughs> it i guarantee you all it was is just a dramatic thing for the pontifex to get burned up by jodambo i think is his name jindoka jindoka something like that yeah something along those lines it it doesn't matter he was the joker <laughs> and i want i want to talk to that voice actor and i want to <laughs> ask him how much did you feel like heath ledger's joker and <laughs> Did you feel like you incorporated that kind of persona? And do you think you can like potentially take on uh, a voice acting role for a future Joker or something along those lines? He did play that role very well. Though. It I was. Say that. I was very, I thought he did play it very well. There was a couple of lines that I thought were very cheesy, you know, just. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the voice actor. No, 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 no. And like when he was like, oh, no, 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 this will not do like, ah. Uh, that sounds so light novel. That sounds so cliche, but whatever. He's he's just saying his lines. But I thought his voice acting was spot on. Yes, very convincing. Yeah. Uh, when I, we, when I did, we talked to William, like he, he'd be very, it kind of reminded me of that where, you know, felt the the personality of that character very well. Oh, yeah. That's very, very true. And anyway, that was, that was very true. The, I thought... I thought it was so anticlimactic, that whole fight. Most of that fight was. Um, Traduken, whatever his name is, <laughs> I was so hyped for that. I, like, he, he had such a solid fucking entrance for his fire monster. And then dead. And then instantly <laughs> dead. And you're just like, uh, I thought, all right. I thought it was pretty entertaining enough to, you know, that when the Pontifex was like, well, that was pretty anticlimactic. I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, it was pretty fucking anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, this super fire monster that it's like, oh, this is hotter than even my blade. And then he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then to even go a step further for anticlimactic shit is when the 
Pontifex herself officially dies when she's getting, you know, sucked up into the real world. And then he burns her trying to come uh, with her, trying to intertwine himself into her. Uh huh. There was a split second in my mind where I was thinking, like, is she officially dead? Like, I don't know. Is there going to be some kind you of like questioned he, it? Oh, well, I know anime logic has consumed my mind. Like, what if she's not officially? <laughs> I just, she had such an important role in yes. this first 24 episodes. Is that like, is she can they she really, really kill her off? Yeah, right. They did. Don't I'm, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, okay. she's dead because like she was dying and then she, got, she was in the process of dying and then she had like this I'm above my city looking down on my city I love everything I literally love everything that I've ever touched and then she blows up and then that's the end of her and then <laughs> and then Kirito hears all the gunshots so you know the story continues but like yeah the story is not about you, her remember no, no, right right <laughs> but it's, it just makes me question like was that literally the end of her and just yes I'm like okay okay I Okay, I guess that's how that ends. If this story was about her, then no, she would have found a way to come back. But yeah, I don't know. It just it sounds. But they also I, would have ended it there, as far as the first. Right. I mean, I I know there's still the second half, and I have yet to even see the entirety of the second half. So I know there's a lot more to come. Yes. But it's just at the same time, I'm like, I know this is like the first major real boss, but this major real boss has controlled the underworld for like the past like. 200 300 years or whatever she was super important and now she's just gone yes and now she's gone (laughs) period okay move on (laughs) i mean the title of the second part gives everything away what is it called like war of the underworld or something like that yeah yeah so civilization war of of the underworld so that that basically gives it away what's going to happen in the second part of the season right so it's just pretty she is no longer needed yeah and that's totally fun i also thought it was very strange that during their battle she wasn't able to regrow her limbs yeah i thought that was weird i'm like why why didn't she used her arm to as a sacred object and it's like why why didn't you just put your arm back on yourself right and grab one of the sacred objects that are around you <laughs> you've got tens <laughs> of tampon you got so many weapons all around you but and- i need my arm to be the sacred object it's yeah, like or uh, you, you you don't chaduk Chidelkin, that's his name. What's the first couple letters? Is it like a C-H? C-H? Oh, that's the way we went to J's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Chidelkin. That's... But yeah, that was very thrown off that she wasn't able to do any of those by any of those. I meant like to reheal herself because she was able to heal anybody else. And we saw Yu-Gi-Oh get his eye back. So what? And that was, you know, from some sister way below the Pontifex. So why wasn't she able to just heal and herself? The, and then they also Lord of the Rings did Yeah. Where Sauron um, can't die by a man's hand and then gets killed by a woman. It's, <laughs> you know, I can't die by metal and then gets attacked by a tree and a rose. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what it comes down to. Yeah, it's same concept. So apparently we're pulling other uh, other stories. Yeah, because she can't get stabbed by metal. So she gets, so she gets stabbed by a tree and a, and a rose. Mm. <laughs> You okay, and then explodes before we talk about favorite scenes. Yes, let's talk. I need to express my least favorite scene, <laughs> okay? And since we're already here, and that's yes. Yu turning into a sword, that, okay? That was my least favorite scene. I did. <sighs> I did not like that. I thought the idea was awesome. Where he sacrificed himself to turn it into a sword? Yeah. Okay. I, I was I could I could live with that. And then he turned human again? I was okay with that too. Oh, okay. I, because the jewel came separate and he can transform he can go back and forth. Maybe maybe not an SAO world, but like just anime logic, whatever. 
The point is, I would have accepted it a little bit more if Kirito handled the sword. Like, if, if Yujiro became, like, a Transformers Ultimate Blade sword, I don't remember what that sword's called. I have no idea. It's we're we're also ago. dating ourselves, <laughs> yeah. so. Um, I, th- I would, that's, when Yujiro turned into a sword, that's what I imagined was going to happen. That Yujiro was going to hold, that Kirito was going to hold Yujiro's blade and then cut down the Pontifex that way. But, okay. no, a floating, <laughs> shooting divine sword, sword, divine sword, shooting, jetting around like a, like a, <laughs> I, the whole entire time that this happened, I thought it was a Yu-Gi-Oh duel. That that yeah, weapon was, golem yeah. that I thought that looked like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It also was from Sao. That golem was essentially everything from that one boss minus the back half. It was the exact same thing. So you remember that super big mantis-looking thing with all the legs and arms and stuff? And from, it's from original Sao. Yeah, from original Sao. It's one of the last bosses that they fight. Oh, and probably like episode. Like it's all bones. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's all bone, and it goes around and killing a bunch of people, and it's the exact same thing. Oh, Minus man. the back half. It doesn't have the back half, but it the whole front half. And and instead of being a bunch of bones that are now weapons, it's a bunch of weapons that are weapons. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the second half of that. Like, yeah. I know when we did the movie, I watched the first like four episodes, and I haven't continued since then. Yeah, you definitely need to rewatch Sao, and you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, yeah, that's right." Okay, that's that's interesting. That'll, that'll be a really nice com- like side by side comparison that could be thrown out there. So for the golem, I was thinking of the Skull Reaper, by the way. Yeah. So I I was able to look it up and find it. As far as least favorite episodes, moments sorry. or scenes or whatever. Yeah, least favorite moments. I I will say the incident between the girls and the nobles was probably on there as far as my least favorite scenes because it was unnecessary it really was like the whole rape scene yes like that whole thing was unnecessary yeah it was it was an immensely unnecessary so they, they could have easily found a different way to um get sent to the get arrested for something so it's just one of those things oh sure just because like the seer it's one of those things where it just doesn't make sense to happen within the show like it's just oh let, i'm gonna sprinkle this in because i can kind of thing and i'm like it doesn't add anything like it's just let me have some dramatization to the show for no real reason unlike in like goblin slayer the whole concept is needed because it gives reason for why he hates goblins so much true versus just oh look they're shitty nobles well we could do other things to show how shitty nobles are so it to me it's just unnecessary uh so to say something different i'm gonna go with that one sure uh because i really i did not like the way the pontifex dies it's super anticlimactic yeah it's i would have much rather the fight scene happen and then kirito beats the pontifex like if that would have been it and then she's just like dying i would have been okay with it by kirito's hand Yes, it's, not yeah. Uh, Jadambo, Jadalkin. Jidal, there you go. Essentially incinerating her because he wants to. Chudelkin. Chudelkin. Yes, Chudelkin wants to become one 
with the pontifex so it, it was just i didn't appreciate it i thought it was kind of meh yeah it was it happened you you gave kirito the golden eyes to basically show that he's going to move and be invincible just let him do it you, you did it three other times let him do it again like right. it doesn't just follow suit with the rest of the series right so yeah I, i'm i'm gonna go with the uh the rape scene with the uh with the nobles i just didn't appreciate it. it it didn't add anything like i can i can accept it if it's beneficial to the show but it wasn't beneficial to anything yep i agree before we continue i think this is a good time to take a quick break Toasties, I'm Missy, here with my bestie Johnsy. Hey y'all. Do you like mind-blowing crime cases, spooky tales, and debating theories? What a clinky-dink, so do we. Grab your beverage and be a part of our Toasted Shenanigans on your favorite podcast app. You can even send us a story or drink suggestion. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or at ToastedShenanigans.com. And welcome back from our break. So we just got done telling you what we didn't necessarily like about this series. So let's tell you what we did like about this series. And I'll start with mine. Matt, you said you did not like the rape scene. Yep. My favorite scene was with, <laughs> was within the rape scene. Okay. Not ne- Obviously not necessarily the rape itself. Let, let's say this again. It was not that scene. Yes. It was after. It was it was Yu-Gi-Oh fighting through his error code. Yep. His eye bursting, him wanting to fight for what's right. Yep. You know, morality versus law. And he finally, like, it was, you're not supposed to break through that error code. Yep. And he did. And he chopped through a uh, second seat, whatever fucking faces, and he chopped off his arm. Dick face. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> as good of a name. And I loved that vengeance just just desserts he got his justice exactly against him and it was necessary i didn't i didn't enjoy that part you know i wish he would have died but you know we we can't all go yeah i wish he would have died too because that little bitch ran away and told on him i I mean it it wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have mattered because those floating head thingies they're i don't remember what they're called the administrators not necessarily administrators they're the council members yeah they would have they saw the whole thing anyway yeah they they, that's how alice knew to arrest him right and it's not because the dude escaped and was able to tell tattle it it was because be a little bitch yeah a law was broken Literally anybody is going to be found out if they break a law. And that's why the taboo index is so powerful. And it's because you don't fuck with it. Yes. The Pontifex has got that shit on. They're, they're always control. watching you. They're always th- watching. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I that part was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the rape scene did not need to happen. The That part was fine. But the, I, I, under, I understand where they went with it. Yes. They could have easily tied the girls down. And then, um, you know. Well, it's not like. It, okay. Never mind. They, I, they I'm not even going to try to defend it. No. I, I mean, I get it but right. they could have easily just been like oh this is what's going to happen to him and then UGO is able to break through eventually when like they're walking towards him or something but no they had to like yeah they had to do what they did anyway uh, f- for me um I think my you know what no I, I so I think my favorite one was 
Kirito getting his um, black suit back, like his um, his Sao One suit. Yeah, his Sao One suit costumes, whatever you want to call it, during the fight with Pontifex. Yeah, I thought it was forced and unnecessary. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I did love that it came back. Yes, I think it was just very iconic. Yep, I enjoyed seeing it, and there was a lot of good moments in this series. But it, it's really hard to be like, yep, that's my absolute favorite moment. Like, there was just a lot of good moments. I don't know if there was any one that absolutely stood out to me. Yeah. It, it was easy for me because kind of like re- revenge slash vengeance. That's a, that's an easy, that's an easy one them for guys. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. I, I, I'll lean towards that one. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I thought it was really cool uh, seeing UGO use his recollection and seeing that I thought was really cool. I was going to say Kirito's, but we don't get to see Kirito's. He doesn't. Yeah. Does he release recollection? Because we see release armament. Yeah. We, we don't get to see our recollect, that recollection. No, we don't get to see that. Okay. So speaking on Kirito's release armament. Yes. His was basically a sword get longer. You know, th- he was, yes, that's absolutely. all it was. It was Kuobara's sword get longer. But it actually worked, unlike Kuobara. Yeah. And his <laughs> was a big power blast. Like, he did it twice, right? And he the yeah. second time he did it, like, it was literally just a big stab. Yes. So one thing I will say is I liked the fact that the more you believed in your... Imagination. <laughs> yeah, the, the power of imagination. Yes. Yes. And that was a big portion of my notes. <laughs> I like the fact that they just kept playing on it and it yes. wasn't just, it was so easy to then be like, oh, Kirito used the power of imagination, just rainbows, and <laughs> then just a one time off. That That's it. I like the fact that it was like, oh yeah, no, the nobles, they believe in their lineage and being a complete douchebag. So that's why he's so strong. And um, I'm drawing a blank on who his mentor went against, but him believing in the lineage of this ability. And that's why he's so strong. I like the fact that they kept playing on it. And it's essentially a, a weakened down version of uh, advanced armament. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was I was totally on board with it. At first, of course, it was a giggle. Yes. Imagination boosting power. That's, that's the power of hilarious. imagination. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like that's that's willpower. You know, if yes. you think about in reality, if you think you can do it and you actually start pushing yourself to your limits, that's essentially your imagination. What good uh, thought process is, you know, we live in Wisconsin. It's cold. If you think you're cold, you're going to be cold. Right. If you don't think you're cold to an extent, you're not going to be cold. Yep. Uh, if it's negative 20, you're going to be cold, I promise you. Yeah, there's no breaking that. But. We're still human. If if it's zero, I'm not saying it's warm, but it's not necessarily cold either. Yeah, zero is. Zero is that cutoff. I'm not saying it's warm. Not absolutely no saying it's warm. But You know what? It could be negative 20 out as long as there's no wind. <laughs> Playing I, I'm, 100% I'm sure into that. I could. I'm sure I can handle it. Um, Wind is the killer. I will. Yeah. That is bottom line. Very Midwestern of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it it's just one of those, it's a mindset thing. And it makes complete sense. I like it. I did find it funny when Kirito's sword grew through the power of imagination. Yeah. But it's whatever. I just looked past it. It didn't really change anything. Minus when he was stabbing the Pontifex, but still, doesn't matter. Or not the Pontifex. Uh, Chi. Oh, yeah. Minus, that's when he used the sword to get longer. He had yes, he used like, the heart of those. Uh, when he stabbed Chidokin using an, a phase phase saver thing that that's what killed him not when Al- alice stabbed him in the same place yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that didn't count no it didn't count he needed to get stabbed by kitty toe it, but i remember i was going with that so fuck it <laughs> um we need to talk about the cardinal before things get way too far out of place because beyond her braids that she no longer oh, had yeah, yes besides her yes, yes daggers yes. that she made that might have or might not have been effective they need so the handles were made of uh, her braids. Oh, the handles. Okay, that's all it. Does. No, no, I, I'm just making oh, that up. Okay, I was, I was, a, I was on board with that because that would make more sense as far as the anime is concerned. Absolutely, make more sense, but we it doesn't work like that. Nope. All right, so like in episode ten, eleven, somewhere around those that range, when the cardinal saves Yujio and Kirito from the fight with uh, number thirty-one, Eldria. Eldria, thank you. The one I keep thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She drops. So much goddamn information in that next episode when she's talking to Kirito in that in that library. Okay. It took me a couple times to fully understand like every single word she was saying, but a lot of information got dropped between the Pontifex, between uh sh- fuck what's her name charlotte charlotte the spider <laughs> following them from the beginning yep. so if anybody is confused on the beginning of the series when uh there was a female voice in the background that was not charlotte no that was charlotte no it wasn't it was not no it was charlotte no they explained it 100 percent in this episode no the don't the, say the, alice the f- so it it is and it isn't alice no it's so it's not the alice. it's the memory of alice that no, they said come find me on the top floor or whatever yeah that was the memory of alice no, that it- was charlotte no because cardinal is on the top floor no she's not she's everywhere but that's not the top floor of this central cathedral but alice isn't also on the top floor she was on like the 30th or whatever but you have to remember the memory of alice is on the top floor it's in the crystals of the pontifex oh good defense i'm talking strictly the memories of alice yes i I, okay now that you're saying that the little shards on the the top of the so what got taken away from alice when she became an integrity knight is what saved kirito and eventually yugio i like your defense (laughs) but i still think it was charlotte no it wasn't Charlotte. Char- the, the only thing Charlotte because did... Because Charlotte did specifically find them. Yes. They, they did explain that. But remember, in the flashback in which Kirito is talking about a way in which Charlotte helped, he specifically thought of the only instance in which she was moving his hair to escape Eldrie. Wait, I thought you were talking about something different than you said there. So I remember when okay. they were running away from Eldrie and she moved his hair? That is the flashback he thought of. That he thought of? Kirito thought of. So they were talking about how Charlotte had saved them. Kirito thought of one instance, which was when they were running away from oh, Eldrie. Yeah, yeah. And that's where... Sh- 
Charlotte did help him at that moment. Yes. But Cardinal also explained that she had gone further back and helped him even further yet. So she had talked about how she had been looking for 200 years to find somebody and, but the the Charlotte didn't have anything to do with the goblins. I mean, not necessarily the goblins. So oh. remember that voice that Kirito heard didn't really do anything except for find me on the two hundredth floor or find me on the top the floor. the top floor, which would be where yeah the, Alice is the memory shards. So oh, that makes so much more sense. On my second watch through, I'm like, oh, that makes sense that that's Charlotte. But fuck, now that you're saying this, now I'm contradicting what because. Charlotte would have never been on the top floor of the cathedral. Yeah, because... but she's also in the Forbidden Library that's literally anywhere. So that's that's, that's where my mind went. But it's not the top floor because that's where the Pontifex right, is. Right, right. They're not going to go. That's a very specific or... location. Yeah, she's not going to go to the Pontifex. Uh, okay, I'll give you that one. I'll, okay. <laughs> that, that's, more and, lo- that's more logic. And why would they make it in the shape of Alice if it wasn't Alice? For two reasons, I thought that. One, because they want the viewers to get fucked up with. And two, it was a female voice. So maybe Kirito would just imagine that it was potentially... But he doesn't know who Alice is at that point. Right, but still. So it'd be pointless to make it Alice. It's not like he saw... Yes, he did. He saw... He essentially saw... It was behind him. When that voice came, it was behind him. He didn't see it with his own eyes. No, no. It's it's 100% Alice. I know. I'm I'm poking holes in this and... Yes. But at the same... Yeah, it's it's Alice. It's the memory of Alice. Okay. Because it doesn't do anything. In all actuality, it does nothing. Right. Except for do exactly what they were going to do anyway. Yeah, it was part of the storyline anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it didn't change anything. And that's okay. No. I, it's, it's funny because your thought, I mean, not your thought process, your explanation <laughs> right now that has convinced me was my original thought process. <laughs> and then when I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, that's the fucking spider. And then now we here we are again. You're turning me back than it was Alice all along, just like you were originally supposed to think. Yes. Okay. And the, like you said, the informa- the small detail is find me on the top floor. Yeah, which it, is which is the thing I can't get away from. So yes, that's why I, I ultimately. And you know, UGO goes with that Alice at the end of the series or at the yep. end of the show. Yep. Yeah, they so, both disappear into the abyss. Yes, but we uh, don't see their light cubes turn off. So well, because. Alice is still alive. Good point. And Yu-Gi-Oh's the sword. He is that sword, isn't he? Yes, he's the sword. Oh, that's a whole different thing. So we might see him in season two then. I mean, as the sword. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll hear his voice again. That's for sure. Probably. That would make sense. But I mean, if he can trans, if his body transformed into the sword and the sword transformed into, you know, back into his broken body. Well, I think his body's gone. I don't think he's going to be able to keep transforming. That wouldn't make sense. It, It would be, it would take away from his sacrifice. True. If he could just keep transforming back and forth. That's true. Okay. But nothing says that you know, the essence of UGO can't come forward because the power of imagination. (laughs) Yeah. I do 100% expect to have some kind of influence from UGO in the next season. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he can't come back to life because that would kind of... It it would take away. It would would minimize everything of this last part, this last part of the season one. Yeah, it would really piss off a lot of people. Exactly. If you could just transform back into a person and be like, oh, hey, hi, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so one 
one thing I wanted to kind of bring up was I think Yu-Gi-Oh! died when Alice was taken away. Really? Okay. I, I think that's what the ending was representing. Like when he was a child? Yeah, I think he, he like, not physically died, but he was dead inside. Okay, I, I see where you're going when, with this. When Alice died, and then when he came back, like, the whole purpose of him finding Alice was to either be reborn or to sacrifice himself, which is what we see because Alice is no longer Alice that he knows. Right. And so now he needs to sacrifice himself because he is, in essence, already dead. And I think that's what the symbolism that we saw was. I can see that. I mean, it sounds a little extreme, but at the same time, when Alice was taken away from him, he essentially got his entire life taken away from him. Yep. So I can see that. I can see where you're going with that. Also, now that you're saying like death kind of whatever, it, it sparked a little thing in me. Like if Cherdokin died and released Bercoli's deep freeze, yep. when the Pontifex died, why didn't all of the knights get their crystals taken away because the the uh crystals were physical objects versus just system commands so it'd be like um but it was made through a system command yeah but it was its own power source through the integrity knights it'd be like uh if you were holding so remember when they were holding the making light out of the flowers yeah making the the light flowers in the in the cave no not Oh, not those flowers? In the cave to produce light. Oh, like literally making light. Yes. Producing light. Yes. Okay. I thought you were like trying to say something. Okay. Producing light. Yep. Uh, I, I would take that as it will produce light for as long as you hold it. And then once you let it go, the light's gone. Yeah. And they showed that. So. As, yeah. As soon as UGO got slashed, he let go of that thing and the light went away. So to me, the the deep freeze is the same concept, where as long as you can keep pouring magic into it, it'll be good. But as once once your magic is gone, the magic that produced it is gone as well, versus the uh, crystals within the Integrity Knights is now getting powered by the Integrity Knights. It's no longer getting powered by the Pontifex because she has inserted it into the objects. And right. In that case. I, I do get where you're going with this, but I also want to... We don't have to do it any further, <laughs> but at the same time, I also question, like, why doesn't that crystal start to disintegrate itself? Because it was formed by her. Yes. No, it... it makes sense i'm just forcing it to make sense in <laughs> yeah exactly yep so i mean maybe we'll see our integrity knights become more self yeah maybe they they start regaining their memories that'd be nice or regain yeah exactly or even go that route i was gonna say like just be more independent but well they're gonna be because they yeah. no longer have the church to tell them what to do exactly yeah so the the independence was gonna be like a given but like slowly start to re yeah because the pontifex was saying like every hundred years she needed to erase everybody's minds because they would start to question too much and maybe some memories were starting to poke through so yeah yeah that'd be something maybe in season two we start getting some memories uh-huh Bercoli, i don't know what memories he's gonna have because he's been around for 200 years right so everybody that he loved is gone good point yeah but that doesn't mean you know he couldn't the village 
so remember the village, uh, Ruid? Ruid, yep. That village was founded because of Bercoli, so maybe that region gives him some memories to remember or something along those lines. I, I don't know, it's spitballing things. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty important little tiny town for this entire world of this virtual reality. Yep. A lot of stuff coming out of it. So I guess one thing that I kind of want to mention is just the the calling aspect of this beginning of the show. Like, what do you make of that? I'll be completely honest. I would hate life. It's like, oh, you're born. This is your calling. This is what you're doing. Right. It's like, oh, all right. It sounds super primitive. That's what what sucks about it. Yes. Because it... It'd be one of those things where if you got a calling that was like, you're going to be a gardener. Okay. I guess, guess I'm just planting flowers. Like, especially, could you imagine if they had a calling that was something that they didn't enjoy doing? Like <laughs> being an elevator operator or something? Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, don't you enjoy this? I don't know. I, it's just something I do. Okay. Can you bring me to the top floor? Yeah. Okay. This is my job. This is what I do. No. Yeah. That sounds absolutely miserable. <laughs> Coming from somebody who's had multiple different types of jobs, I'll be completely honest, I still don't even know 100% if this is what I want to do. Like <laughs> For the rest of your life until retirement? Yeah. You know, you, you get some people that are like, day one, I knew what I was doing. And then me, I'm like, I mean, sure. Yeah, cool. Maybe. Well, the difference between that, between doing what you want to do and doing what you need to do is really what it comes down to, like, money. Yeah. Well, like, yes. What do you want on your side life? Like, what are you going to, what do you want to do when you're not working is what my personal life comes down to. Yes. Like, I want to do so much more. So I'm going to do my job so that I can do what I want to do after my job. But wouldn't it be better to be able to have those side things be your job? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but they also say, you know, uh, a good example to me is like when you are a mechanic, a lot of times you're a mechanic because you love working on cars. True. And then they're like, yeah, don't don't become a mechanic because then you'll hate working on cars. Yeah, you're going to hate but, doing what you love. But at the same time, you, it, you do take a certain level of pride. Yes, but it's a very thin line. True. Like, it, it's really because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I love working on cars. OK, yeah, I'm going to now become a guy that, you know, builds drag cars. Like, oh, cool. That Yeah, that's fun. I love doing it every single day. Or it's, I'm going to be a mechanic at a dealership and I'm going to hate life, but it makes money. So it's it's a very thin line where, you know, it, it's just very hard to be able to do what you love and not hate life. Right. Because then it starts ruining the thing that you love. Right. Yeah. To, to become jaded would suck. Yeah. Like, uh, I know doing this all the time sounds amazing. If this is what we did all the time and made money. Would we still love it? Like that, it's a very thin line between, I can I can guarantee you we would still enjoy it, but I there's probably also just as many people that are like, yeah, once I started making money and it became a job, I no longer enjoyed it. Yep. And there's it probably happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those things where in this case, because it's, I'm curious how they get chosen their calling. I know you had brought that up and I'm wondering if, how it gets picked because man cutting down a tree or not even cutting down a tree 
swinging an axe at a tree every day. Yeah, well, that was generational. And, you know, for all we know, it could have just been like a... Pull a name out of a hat. and kind Yeah, of... I was going to say like, hey, this job kind of needs to be done around this area. So the next person that needs a calling, this is what it's going to be. So the last guy died, whoever is the next of age is <laughs> yeah. going to get it. And it's, it's just like... Get in rotation, man. Yeah, I absolutely do not need to know how callings become a thing, but it, it'd be interesting. I wouldn't have complained if we got it. Right. But it wasn't needed. It no. would not have been needed to, to know how it became a thing. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, yep, that's a that's a thing. I would have hated life. But, you know, it, it's whatever. Yeah. I couldn't cut a tree down. Oh, man, was it 2,000 swings a day? Yeah, I think by, by the uh, time Kirito came back as, you know, his teenage self, it was yeah. 2,000 a day. Yeah, because it was 1,000 before lunch and 1,000 after lunch. Yep. Which was funny because I'm pretty sure it was like, oh, my God. If I had my notes on it, it was like 50 or 100 as a child and then it's dramatically exploded to the 2000 yeah and six years well he's an adult so you know it's got to be uh eight hours a day versus like four so it's okay there's that too <laughs> all right so this is kind of gonna sum up our conclusions for this episode we'd like to thank you for listening to us this far if you have please make sure to leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on also again we are brought to you by the anime show so please find them on facebook and instagram and stay up to date with everything anime related and get updated with all that awesome content we also have our short flights on youtube so please go find them and follow us there because we talk about hot new anime out every season and we will catch you guys next time